from Wall Street to the White House. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. Let's talk some politics. Today's the South Carolina primary. And there are some other interesting things going on. Great panel today. Joe Concha, calmness at the messenger. Oh, well, it was calmness at the messenger anyway. Now Fox News contributor. Uh, got a good column in the New York Post the other day. Uh, Joe's book, Come On, Man, The Truth About Biden's No Good, Horrible, Very Bad Presidency, etc. By the way, though, Joe, everyone's using that now, if you've seen. I've seen it everywhere. No good, horrible, very bad day for Joe Biden. I mean, people are using it everywhere. I stole that from a children's book, and now they're stealing it from me. <laughs> I know. And the great John McIntyre, president and CEO of Real Clear Politics and Real Clear Media. Now, fellas, I just I know we want to talk South Carolina. But I want to go to Georgia. And Joe Concha, look, these, the investigators, the defendant, Trump uh, defendant investigators have uh, gone into the cell phone records of, da- of uh, Fannie Willis and her lover, Nathan Wade, the so-called special prosecutor or whatever it is. Joe, they started their relationship in 2022, according to them, testifying in court under oath. But wait a minute. The cell phone records show he made 2,000 calls to her at her condominium and get this 12,000 text messages in 2021, the year before the relationship supposedly started. Wow. Now, I've been married to my wife 36 years, my saintly wife. I've been married faithfully to her. Twelve, I 12,000 text messages in one year. <laughs> so they didn't, they weren't having a relationship. And, and by the way, they track him. He goes into her condominium, you know, through cell towers, right? Yeah. He goes into the condo and then he leaves. They have him going in at 1030 at night and leaving at 430 in the morning. This is a year before they supposedly started their relationship. <laughs> Are we kidding here? You think there's a perjury case to be made? Don't we do that with all our friends? We stop by around 1030, <laughs> bring some crumb cake, and then around 430, you know what, I think I want to go. Boy, Fanny's kind of a – she's not a cheap date because you have to take her to Napa to drink vodka, right, in the Grey Goose. She's not a Smirnoff kind of gal. you got to take her on these cruises. But at the same time, sometimes you could just skip the dinner part and get right down to, uh, you know, other things. So, look – not only is this case finished, but these two will end up in jail if there is any sanity left in the world because they completely perjured themselves. Uh, they completely know it. She can't even dress herself without putting on a dress backwards, which is, you know, that alone should get you disbarred. And, and the bottom line is that this guy uh, uh, should never have been even picked to obviously try this case in the first place because Nathan Wade is the better call Saul of Fulton County, Georgia. <laughs> right, ambulance chaser. He just, what, he's going to do a felony RICO case? He's, so he's, Donald Trump looks good right now. That That's certainly for sure. Between, he, between Fannie Willis and then Letitia James, Alvin Bragg, if these are the Keystone cops that are supposed to bring Donald Trump down, it's looking pretty good for him right now. I mean, John McIntyre, you're, you're kind of a clean-cut guy, so I don't know. Maybe you shouldn't be involved in this <laughs> conversation that Joe Concha and I are having. But I mean, really. Really, this is the if it weren't. I mean, it's, if it weren't so important, it's just the most hilarious, ridiculous spoof story ever. I mean, that's what. And they're going to go down. I mean, these, this this evidence is unbelievable. Uh, well, look. I mean, everything you guys were talking about, you know, it, it is correct. And Joe's right that this case in Georgia is blown up. But I, I do think 
you know, the sad part for the country is um, all this lawfare that is going on is a is a it's it's an integral part of the um, of, of of the Democrat campaign. Mm-hmm. I mean, a hundred percent. And it's 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 you know it's it's what they're banking on um, in in this election cycle, and it's gonna it's gonna play. Um, you know, it's 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 going to play a large role, and it's going to backfire. Yeah, no, I, I I think that's right. I think you already see it. You know, kind of you know backfiring on them, and you see it like it didn't work in the you know re- re- Republican primary context um, to date. And but you, you know, I I think you know there, there was an interesting article that I thought you know, the Wall Street Journal ran ran an article by. Uh, Jeb Bush, of all people, yep. and Joe yep. Joe Lonsdale, yep. you know, talking about the danger of this attack on the rule of law, and and because and because this is you know because this is so much part of the Democratic campaign and and and, and Biden's campaign for reelection, I you know, and I think they're 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 committed to leaning into it. They're they're more and more brazen with where they're willing to go, and. You, you know, I mean, it's, it, it, you know, so not, it's not just an attack really on Trump. It's like, it's also attack, I mean, attack on the underpinnings of our capitalist system because the, the trust in the rule of law in, in, in contracts and deals is, is imperative of that. And when you start, you know, when people start, you know, the, the 55 billion, you know, attack on Musk is, it's, you know, how is that different than like takings and expropriations that happens in places like Venezuela? Mm. Okay. And people don't want to do business there. You're already seeing this in Delaware. It's hurting them. So um, I, I think, I, I think there should be more, um, you know, outrage from just non-political people to be like this kind of abuse of the legal system is very dangerous. Well, that's why, um, the New York Bar Association, which unfortunately is a very liberal, they should step up to the plate and say something about this. And, you know, your point about the Jeb Bush article, Jeb Bush, who's, who's a good man, uh, he's a friend of mine. He's not a Trump guy by any stretch. Uh, but basically, you're ruining the underpinnings of commercial law and corporate law. Uh, and, I mean, really, you're, it's, <laughs> you're, you're ruining the Magna Carta. I mean, it's, that's how far back our legal system goes to protect private property and have a fair trial. I mean, I thought it was interesting. You know, Joe Concha, I, I think we talked about this on the TV show, but I thought it was interesting when Trump uh, at the town hall with Laura Ingram on Fox News uh, this past week, when remember, Trump pulled out a piece of paper, it was the Eighth Amendment. Uh, you know, you have a right uh, to due process. You have a right to a fair trial. And this is not a fair trial in New York with a $450 million fine and losing uh, control of your business. It's basically taking away all his money and all his business and all his life's accomplishments. I mean, I thought that was kind of interesting. I don't know how far that goes. Uh, he'd like to take it to the Supreme Court, but I just thought it was interesting. You know, it was a good re- – I don't think anybody saw that coming, Joe. It was smart, uh, whoever advised him to do that, if he didn't come up with that himself. And – Look, these trials, I think the one in New York, if it goes to appeal, then he probably wins that. So then that's another loss for for the Democrats as far as first Fanny and now in New York. Uh, And then it comes down to Jack Smith, pretty much, who really, really seems to want to rush this along. Mm -hmm. And that's obvious why, because he has to have uh, this 
trial in D.C. Uh, happened before, and obviously that jury is going to be uh, about as weighted as one can expect. But if this goes after the election, then there is no trial, right? So I think in the end, the American people are seeing through this. Obviously, you see the polls. I mean, it really is remarkable. I'm seeing Trump now. I'm just looking at him. Uh, let's see, up plus nine in Georgia, plus 10 in North Carolina, plus seven in Arizona, plus 11 in Nevada, plus nine in Michigan. Mm. I don't even have to bring up Wisconsin and Pennsylvania. He wins those states. He's your next president because mm. Florida and Ohio are gone, right? Those, those are red states at this point. So it comes down basically to Georgia, Arizona, Nevada. And if you could pick off one state uh, in the so-called blue, uh, the, the former blue wall anyway, then he wins. And, mm. I, and I think right now, Given who the opponent is, quite frankly, Donald Trump should be up, be up by 20 points, but we're not in that kind of country anymore where no one's going to get more than 52 percent of the vote. Uh, but it, it, right now, if this election was held today, he's your next president. The problem is there are so many months until this election and COVID wasn't even on the radar, really, at this point four years ago. And then we saw how that changed everything. So who knows what can change yeah. in these next eight months as far as a terror attack or China, Taiwan, whatever. Yeah. John McIntyre, uh, your real clear politics has uh President Trump, 23 points up for the South Carolina primary. A um, couple of things breaking on this. Um, uh, Trump uh, criticizing Nikki Haley's husband, who's a major in the Army, was a major league mistake. Um, mm-hmm. May have uh, worked to narrow his advantage. He was up over 30. Byron York wrote a column about that. But on the other hand... Um, you know, this uh, uh, in, in vitro story has popped up uh, where uh, Nikki Haley's made a mistake siding with the state court about embryos, whereas Trump and the Republican Party is rallying around uh, the fertility use of fertility drugs. So I don't know how that's going to play out, but you're, pl- you're plus 23. I think the most recent poll, John, was tr- uh, February 20. Trafalgar. Yeah, Trafalgar was plus 21. So what do you think here, today's uh, results? I, I mean, look, I, I, I think I set the line at like 60-40. And if, if, if she's if she's above 40 and Trump's below 60, you know, she likes to find a way in, in taking victories with losses. I mean, she, you know, she, she supposedly won in Iowa when she finished in third and then, you know, won in New Hampshire when she lost by 11. But I, I do think if she, if she gets over 40 and Trump's under 60 – um, she'll spin that as as and, 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 and at that point, she'll credibly be able to say that, you know, 40 percent plus of Republican voters want someone. I shouldn't say Republican voters because you have other voters that are that can vote in South Carolina, but 40 percent of the electorate wanted somebody else. So I, I do think I do think the result matters. You know, the flip side is, I think, if Trump's over 60 and she wins and she loses by 20 plus and she's in the 30s. Uh, that's, you know, th- that kind of takes away some of those arguments, but you know, the, the question for Nikki Haley, and I think people are going to start to ask this more and more is, is like, what's her objective? She is not going to be the Republican nominee. Mm. Okay. Mm. That, that is not going to happen. She is not going to be the Republican nominee. So is one is her, is her primary objective to split the Republican party as much as possible and hurt the, the 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 nominee Trump's chances of winning the election is that is that what she is doing or is she trying to set herself up as in a sense the the number two not necessarily a VP but but the sort of 
you know, the the big person in the party after Trump. Maybe a Democratic and, Democratic. Well, she's pitching Democrats. <laughs> That's her biggest thing, is, thing in the last week or 10 days. She's pitching Democrats. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the problem is, is like those two things are at odds with each other. And if she is trying to, like, set, you know, set herself up as a as the, you know, the next biggest Republican, she, you know, she can't go. She can't do a Liz Cheney. OK, and go, and go into that territory, because then, you know, she'll be she'll effectively, you know, write herself out of the party. All right. And so I, I we're, we're going to see bottom line is, does she does she drop out before Super Tuesday or right after Super Tuesday? Right. Or does she keep trying to hurt Trump? Let me take a break. I take a break. Uh, we'll come right back, kids. Joe Concha, Fox News contributor, uh, John McIntyre, the president of Real Clear Politics. I'm Kudlow. We'll be right back, folks. Stay with us. Larry Kudlow. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From Wall Street to the White House, this is The Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. We're talking to Joe Concha, Fox News contributor, and his book is Come On, Man, The Truth About Biden's No Good, Horrible, Very Bad Presidency, and John McIntyre, President and CEO of Real Clear Politics and also Real Clear Media. Uh, you know, I'll tell you, uh, I was talking to Newt Gingrich last night for a while, Bunch of us had a little conference call. And Newt made an interesting point. I'll go to Joe Concha on this first. Newt said, with respect to Nikki Haley and uh, when she's going to drop out uh, and so forth, basically, Trump, after tonight, let's assume Trump has a good win in South Carolina, uh, as per John McIntyre's polls. Anyway, Newt's point was Trump should never mention Nikki Haley's name again. Just don't mention it that he has to have a general election strategy which totally begins tonight after the South Carolina results and then go through the issues uh, involved in this, the border, the economy, foreign policy, crime, laws, and so forth. But never mention Haley because anytime Trump mentions Haley, uh, he's kind of giving her a boost even though she doesn't deserve a boost. But if I he stays that. if he stays away from it, you know, go after Joe Biden. Now, I, I thought that was pretty good advice, Joe. I, I remember, Larry, when books would be written about Donald Trump and then Trump would go, this is when he was president, and then he would go on Twitter and lash out against the book and saying mm. it's phony, it's all fake, and then book sales would skyrocket to number one. Right. right? That's, that's how it works. Don't give the troll attention, so to speak. And at this point, Nikki Haley, uh, as per all the polling that we're seeing on Real Clear, as far as all these states going forward, doesn't look like she could win one state or is even remotely competitive. So all of that said, 
don't bring her up. And if you're ever asked about her, you say, oh, something like just laugh it off. Like, oh, she's still in the race. Good for her. I'm, I'm sure that's getting her a lot of TV time. Like something like that, that doesn't really call her out in any way, shape or form. Or you just say, oh, she's still in the race. Well, good luck to her. Like just just blow it off as if she's a speed bump. And then from there, just tackle Joe Biden on, on all the issues where we, we see uh, polls where you have – Joe Biden underwater in terms of the economy by nearly 20 points and on immigration, 30 points. Those are the two biggest issues going into this election. And Donald Trump is seen as the person to better handle those issues by a country mile. So, again, unless he's convicted, I don't see how he doesn't win this. I just want to correct myself real quick on something I I said before. I was quoting Emerson polling as far as Trump's leads in the Mm -hmm. states. When I look at real clear, he's up nearly seven in Georgia, nearly five in Arizona, uh, over eight points in Nevada and uh, close to five points. 4.6 4.6 in Michigan. So I just want to be clear that the average of polls still has Trump up by a decided margin in those states, just not as big as the Emerson poll that I saw. So I yeah. just want to well, be clear about that. Still a healthy margin. Oh, but, yeah. you know, uh, John McIntyre, Newt's uh, advice went also, he said, if somebody asked Trump about Nikki Haley, what he should say is she's irrelevant and then go on to talk about Joe Biden because that's where the fight is. It's a general election, general election strategy, which – you know, the reason Trump stayed out of the debates is that uh, he felt he was running a general election strategy from day one. And I, th- I, th- I think that strategy no, I, worked. I, I, I think you're right. And I and I think he would be wise to to kind of follow to 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 to, to channel the, the tone and tenor of his Iowa victory speech as opposed to his New Hampshire victory speech, mm-hmm. because his Iowa victory speech was was focused not just on bringing the Republican Party together, but bringing the country together. And I think if he focuses on bringing the country together, okay, that that's a general election message. And it's and it's and and, and it's kind of in, and he doesn't have to go after Nikki Haley or even talk about Nikki Haley because it's it's sort of a backhanded way of saying, you know, her conti- at, at that point it's it kind of will become clear that her staying, you know, what is she trying to do beyond you know, divide the Republican Party more and make it harder for them to win in the November election. So I think if he takes, if it, you know, I, and in some sense taking Newt's advice, but kind of channeling, uh, you know, his 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 tone and tenor after the Iowa win, uh, where he was talking about bringing the country together and, and getting back to, and you know, Joe mentioned, you know, last, you know, four years ago, you know, COVID really had like. The 2019 America at the end, before COVID came, that's what so many regular people in the country want, okay? They want to return to the economic vitality that was there. They want to return to the lower inflation rates were there. They want to return to the strong America that didn't have all this chaos and wars going on across the world. Like, that's the message that's going to win them the election, and gonna and, and gonna have people. It, it's not Biden's age that people are upset about. They're, they're they're upset at the policies and the results of those policies. I think, uh, Joe, we talked about this on the on the TV show. But I think at the Laura Ingram Town Hall, the the woman remember the woman stood up and asked him a question directly um, about retribution and punishment and so forth for his opponents, his enemies. And he said no. He went back to Iowa, and basically said no. Um, my uh, my revenge is going to be success. Yes, and is, I'm yeah. going to unite the country because we'll grow the economy. 
you know, get the inflation rate down, bring gasoline prices down, et cetera, et cetera, close the border. But I thought when he said that, my revenge will be success. And you could see the woman, I'm an interesting moment, the relief on her face when he said that. And then there's a lot of applause. So to John McIntyre's point, I mean, I think that 99% of the time, let's call it 98%, Trump will probably take that uh, point. What do you think, Joe? If he can continue to be disciplined and, and be optimistic. Think about the election oh, slogans yes. that have yes. won elections, right? Shining City on a Hill, Thousand Points of Life, Man from Hope, Hope and Change, Make America Great Again. Stick with those themes that there is a better tomorrow if you elect me. And don't worry about the retribution, which, by the way, he said he was going to put Hillary Clinton in jail also. Uh, and that never happened, right? So he's not going to go in there and suddenly start executing his political opponents like Joe Scarborough right. said on the air recently. I love the op- optimism is such a winner. You're exactly right. Joe Concha, thank you. John McIntyre, thank you. We'll see about the South Carolina primary tonight. Probably get a probably get results in by eight o'clock. I'm Cudlow. Other side of the break, we're going to talk to Congressman French Hill about how to nail Russia to the wall. <laughs> 